and welcome to HopeForMe.Live. This is John Cash. I'm on the pastoral side of the team. And Angie Sanchez. Say hi. Hello. She is on the counseling side of the team. We are here to serve your mental health needs through the Word of God, through the ministry of Jesus Christ. We believe that when we get our spiritual house in order, our mental and our emotional house will improve drastically. The Word of God promises that, and millions and millions of testimonies over the years have also proved that to be true. Now, today, we wanted to specifically talk about that in a much more detailed fashion, Angie. We want to we want to kind of kind of step back and do a satellite view of what's happening in our country. Um, there's less and less people going to church. There's uh, less of an influence on uh, our culture um, that Christianity is exerting at this point. Uh, I think it's safe to say that less and less people call themselves Christians. So as our country becomes more secular, um, we are seeing an increase in mental health issues. Is that a fair assessment, Angie? Um, I definitely can say that we do see an increase in mental health issues. Mm -hmm. um, and I definitely see there's a decline in spiritual health for sure. Um, as far as all the statistics of that, I, I don't know. Okay. I, I'm going to leave that to you. All right. Well, <laughs> I, I do believe that as we move further away from God, people have more uh, problems struggling. They have a lot more struggles because, I mean, look, if you're serving the Lord, you're still going to have struggles. You're still going to live a life where things aren't always fair. Things don't always go right. That's just part of life. doesn't matter if you're a Christian or non-Christian. But learning to deal with these things, having God by your side, God empowering you through the Holy Spirit and through the word of truth is so very useful in helping you not go crazy in this world. So with that being said, we wanted to go through seven specific steps of what you can do to grow and grow spiritually and move forward in your walk with the Lord. And when you do this, you will find that you will have less and less problems with your mental health. And that is a universal statement. It's not specific to one person because you can get closer and closer to the Lord and something happens and it, it can be very difficult. But this is a general rule of thumb. So I'm going to start with number one. What is What are the most effective ways to move forward and strengthen your mental, emotional, and spiritual health? And the first thing that I want to talk about is dedicating time to the Word of God. And on a pastoral side, folks, it is so very important that we have specified time where we spend with God. Um, I remember, Angie, when I was first, before I first became a Christian, um, the person who was witnessing to me told me that when I opened the Bible and I read it, it was as if God was talking to me. Yeah. And when you spend time away from all the hubbub and away from everything, allowing God to speak to you, you are strengthening your fellowship with God. Right. You're, you're allowing him to talk to you. On the, most, on, the, on the most intimate of basis. And then we know that the Bible says that the word of God is powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. We know that it says that it transforms the mind. It changes the heart. It is all powerful. So the more time we spend studying the word of God, ingesting the word of God, memorizing the word of God, not just with our heads, but even more importantly, with our hearts, the more empowered we're gonna be 
to deal with life struggles. Right, right. There's so much in there. Whether you see the the Bible as a history book or you see the Bible as um, a discipline or a spiritual just just a spiritual discipline, or you see the Bible as somewhere where you can um, understand God better. There's so much in there. Yes, there is. Um, it, it is a guideline, you know, for how to live a healthier life. It is a way to understand God's character more. All If you read all through Scripture, you get such a good understanding of His character, how He moves, how He handles things, how much He loves you. Um, some people see it as a love letter from, from God to mm-hmm. us. It's all of them. Um, it's all of those things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, don't think of it as just one thing. There's so much you can get out of it when you're confused about things, about how things work. You can go into the Bible and get some clarity and some understanding how God made things to be. So it's, it's all of those things. Depending on what you're going through, it can be extremely helpful. It is supernatural right and when i say supernatural i can't even just simply logically explain how he supernaturally takes that you read it you believe it and he changes your heart right but he does right that's what he does right you know and and it's like you know remember the old computers we uh, was watching a movie last night from the 1990s um and in that movie, they, they still had the floppy disks that went in and out of the computers. Right. And it's, it's like you take the old floppy disk out and you put a new floppy disk in. You are reprogrammed right. by and through the Word of God. So that's the number one way that you're going to see a, an, an increase of your spiritual growth, which will help your mental, emotional, and physical health. Number two, identify sin in your life and repent. Right. So let's start with how we identify sin. We're going to identify sin not using our own mind or our own thoughts. Mm-hmm. We're going to first identify sin by what the Bible says sin is. Right. If we look to society for society to tell us what is right and wrong, we're in big trouble. Right. Because especially in the past 30 years, right and wrong has been turned upside down. Right. Okay. So don't look at society. Please don't look at Hollywood. Don't look at the self-help shows that are outside the realm of, you know, a faith-based community. Mm-hmm. You have to look at the Word of God. So you identify what the Bible says is sin in your own life, mm-hmm. and then you repent. Right. Because when you're living in sin, you're living in darkness, and that darkness can spread and create mental health issues. Right. From a, from a counseling standpoint, what we often say in the counseling chair is, you can't deal with a problem until you first acknowledge it. And so that's right. what we're really talking about. There's things in your life that keep you apart from God. Sin in your life that would keep you apart from God. And, and it keeps you apart mostly because when you sin and when you, you understand that you're doing things that aren't good for you, you feel shame. That shame comes upon you and you end up turning away from God because of that shame. And that is not what the Lord has for you. So... So for you to acknowledge that sin, acknowledge those things that separate you from God, and then be able to deal with them, repent, and say, I don't want to live that life. I don't want that darkness in me. And and asking the Lord to come and, and move you out of that space and, and into health and wholeness and freedom. And then there's that. It, it's that restoration and that reuniting with, with God the Father who loves you so much. So repenting from that sin is going to draw you closer to him instead of turning away from him in shame don't be fooled um god doesn't bless sin 
It's yeah. that simple. He, he doesn't bless it. Um, now, please don't look at him as some angry father in heaven that wants to pounce on you. That's just not the God of the New Testament. No. It's, 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 if you really read the Old Testament really deeply, it's not even the God of the Old Testament. Now, yeah. he, he did th those things, but that's not his heart. Right. That's not his desire to pounce on you. How, but, I'm yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. Me. How, how can he as a father, you know, how can he as a father bless the sin, bless the thing that is taking you down unhealthy roads and yeah. that are going to hurt you? Yeah. As a father, he wants to say, I can't bless that because that's going to hurt you. So instead, I have something better. And that's the father's heart. We need mm -hmm. to understand he's not angry. He's he's disciplining, discipling in a healthy way to, to move us into a healthy life. Think of sin as a two-year-old walking up to a red-hot stove and seeing the red-hot uh, color and go, ooh, look at that, I want to touch. Right. And, and the father is going to grab that two-year-old and no. Yeah. You know, that's what God does when it right. comes to sin. You might say to yourself, well, you know, okay, repent. That means I need to change. And I can't repent. I'm stuck. I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Let me give you the, uh, the proper biblical view of repenting of the sin. The proper biblical view is you desire with all of your heart, mind, soul, and spirit to repent of it. You desire to change. God, when you come to him, will give you the power to do it. Mm, that's so good. And it's, 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 it's a team effort, but right. he has to see that desire. Number three, if you want to grow spiritually and help your mental, emotional, and physical health, establish a strong prayer life. Yeah. I'll let you cover that. Yeah, I, I love this. I love this. And and a lot of people um, feel like they need to get up, they need to make a list and go over the list and make sure they cover everything, mm -hmm. you know, and make sure they get it all out there or God's not going to bless it or God's not going to hear it. What we need to understand with our prayer life is God already knows what's going on. Mm -hmm. He already sees the depths of our heart. You know, he, he desires us to grow in that communication with him. And it's a and remember he's a relational God, so it's two two way street where he's got things to say to you and you've got things to say to him. You wouldn't go out to a cup of coffee and have a cup of coffee with a friend and 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 have a conversation to build that relationship and just be the only one talking. Mm -hmm. You also so you're sharing your heart and and you allow God to speak to to you and His heart for you and His desire for you. And He almost and always uses the Word of God when He's doing it. Absolutely, He does. He uses the Word of God, but the Holy Spirit lives inside of us mm -hmm. as well, and He can use the Holy Spirit to mm -hmm. give us revelation and understanding of the things that He wants to say to us. So, by reading Your Word, you can you you get His character. You understand it'll help you understand His voice when He is speaking to you. And to know that, you know, he's going to take his word and he's going to speak that into your heart and give you understanding. And when you say that you're going to, you know, he's going to speak his voice into your life, his voice, it comes almost, almost always through the word of God. So in other words, um, you're squinting at me there. Okay, so she's going to disagree with that, but we're going to go through it and then we're going to come to a conclusion. When I say that, what I'm saying is, is that oftentimes when, and maybe this is a better way of saying it, oftentimes when I am in a, in a quandary about something and I'm asking the Lord to answer a prayer for me, he almost always, for me, he almost always brings up a Bible verse or Bible story that speaks to my heart and I know he's spoken to me. 
Yes. But you're saying he does that outside that, which of course he does. But for me, it's almost universally that way. Um, and, and this is a good point. I think he does it for you because you're a teacher. Mm-hmm. You st- you're, you are a study. You study the word. You should have seen that you, squint you she don't, gave me. She's you, like, don't mm. just, you don't just read the word. Uh-huh. You know, you study the word because you're a teacher and, and you want to learn all the, diff- the ins and outs of it because you want to teach it to others. And it's your passion. It's how you you came to know the Lord. And so you're going to, that's how God is going to speak to you. Um, there's other people that that got, that hear and understand God through worship because they're musically oriented. Okay, very good. Because I, I mean, I like to worship, but right. I sing horribly. And I know worship's not singing. But it's not, yeah. It's about yeah. Your, 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 your worship inclined. And that's the place where, that's the quiet place in your heart where God can come in and, and speak to you through that worship. There's other people that go for a walk in nature and see God's creation and mm. all of a sudden have revelation. You hear so, him in the whisper right. instead so of in the storm. So we see yeah. all through scripture. I mean, you know, God spoke through a burning bush. He, he spoke through He spoke through a jackass, oh, okay. right? Okay, <laughs> you got me. Okay, okay. But you see, this is the beauty of the show. Right, right, because right. Because you get one heart saying one thing, one heart, and, and they all they were saying the same thing. Right. But how does he speak to us is... You know, for me, it's almost universally this way, but for someone else, it's, to- it's, it's totally different. It as is. long as it does not disagree with the Word of God, right. that is the key. He, you can't have him speak to you, and it, he said something that goes completely against his nature and the Word of God. Then you've got trouble. Right, and that's exactly it. That's why we study and we understand his character and how he speaks, because then we can differentiate. A lot of people think, is this in my head? Is this me? And we have to remember, if we understand God's character we can differentiate. We can right. say that is how God works. We see this in Scripture. It must be from Him. All right. Very good. Good job. <laughs> oh, thanks. Number four. I just got pounded down <laughs> no, like a, not a at WWE all. wrestler. No, no, no. You, you're right there. All right, number four. Get deeply involved in a healthy Bible-believing church. Notice I'm using the term deeply involved, healthy, and Bible-believing. Right. You need all of those. You can have a healthy Eh, not so believing church. When I say healthy, it looks healthy on the outside, but they're not Bible based. You can have a Bible based church that's just simply not healthy. Right. You know, there's right. plenty of those out there, and you can get deeply involved with anything. Right. But getting deeply involved in a Bible believing, healthy church is going to put you on the best road moving forward. Right. Absolutely. And ask God for some discernment in this. If you're not involved in a church and, and you feel like, okay, I need to start getting involved. Because we, we were made, I mean, the Bible tells us that we have gifts that edify the church and they can edify us as well. So we have to make sure that we're, we're using discernment as we go and we pursue those things and, and look for the health and the wholeness. And where are you going to find a healthy church? You're going to find what it looks like in the Bible. Yes. So as you, as you look about, you look at the, the first church, you know, the church of Acts and, and how God created it, instruction that Jesus gave them, that's going to give you that good idea of what a healthy church looks like. Like. And and when we're, we're talking about uh, you know getting involved in a, a healthy Bible believing church, and I use the word deeply, it's all about fellowship. It's not about sitting in the pews, folks. Uh, especially in the age of the mega church, and, and I'm not downing mega churches; they have some great ministries out there. But if and every pastor, legitimate pastor of a mega church, would tell you, I fear that the people are just coming to this service. They, those, those pastors want to see people get involved into family groups, Sunday school classes, anything that's going to lead to individual and intimate fellowship with other Christians is so important. 
Right. And I think we see this in the life of Jesus where he ministered to a lot of people and there's a lot of people that followed him. Um, and then he had his 12 disciples who he's teaching and training and they were, they all encouraged each other and they all followed Jesus together. And then he has his, he had his three mm -hmm. that he was more intimate involved with, intimately involved with. And so I think he models that really well. We do need to be in the body of Christ, but we also need to be in smaller groups that we can be more vulnerable with where we, they, you know, they can speak into our lives and we can speak into their lives and we can help each other grow spiritually. Number five, fellowship with people who can help you grow spiritually. Yeah. So this goes kind of along with it, right. but, we, but you want to specifically understand that fellowshipping with people who can build you up and not tear you down is going to be key. Right, right. If you get into, even, even in churches, if you get into groups that you're starting to feel um, like you're not encouraged, that you are always doing something wrong or that you can't live up to um, the standard that they're setting, I would at that point kind of take a step back and reevaluate and make sure that you're in the right group and make sure that they're following biblical principles and they're being and loving and encouraging. Um, and and check it out with other people, you know, kind of talk it over so that you can make sure you're in, you're in the right place. All right, number six. Number six uh, point bullet point for spiritual growth that's going to help you with your mental, emotional, physical health. Remove things from your life that may distract or pull you away from your relationship with God. Now, we covered the sinful side of that, right? where sin is going to pull us away from God and fellowship with God. But there's many other things that, can, that we should remove from our lives that could uh, distract us or pull us away from the Lord. Sometimes it's just the I call it the sin of busyness. <laughs> right. It's the busyness. Or it could be, there could be things we're involved in that are really good things. They're not bad things. But is it the thing that is distracting you from where God wants to take you? What God is calling you to, what, what he has for you. And it's a really important thing to know, to learn how to know when to let go of something. Because if it's good, it's hard to let go of. So you're going to have to put those things on the table periodically and say, Lord, is this distracting me from where you want to take me, from my spiritual growth? Dare I say that you can get so involved in church that you can get distracted from God. Right. I think there are so many people in our country right now, in a country of 350 million people where maybe 140 million go to church on an average Sunday, um, and let's say out of that maybe... I'm just throwing numbers out there. I used to be a weatherman, so I'm good at throwing numbers. Maybe 60 million are really committed. I think those are fair numbers, but who knows. But 60 million are really committed. And out of those 60 million, I bet you there's a huge boatload that gets so busy in that local church, which is good because you right. need to serve the Lord through the church. But you can get so busy and so distracted that you're not focused on the Lord. You're just focused on what you're doing. Right. It, you know, it, it, it could be going so good, but then at one point, are you doing it in your own strength? And that's going to that's gonna filter out, mm -hmm. you know, if that's not what the Lord's calling you to. I, I tend to do a, a check-in with the Lord, usually pretty much every six months or so, and just kind of put all the stuff I'm doing on the table. So you have a six-month check-in, huh? I kind of do. That's mm -hmm. how it's worked out. I mean, you might need sooner or you might need later. Who knows? But I kind of like to put everything on the table. And say, are we still on the same track, Lord? Is there anything different you want to do or I should be doing? So those, Because I don't want to be caught up in things that are not going to advance me in the purposes of the Lord. I just don't want to be. And it's, it's, it, it might lead you into some distractions that you don't need to have. Speaking of the purposes of the Lord, you have a purpose for living. 
God has put you on this earth for a purpose, and it, it is to serve him, and it, it is to serve others. It's certainly not to serve yourself, but of course you need your, your own self-care. Right. But with that being said, understand that if you take these six principles of spiritual growth that will help your mental, emotional, physical health, then you're going to be able to pursue your gifts and your callings in a way that is going to serve the body of Christ and please the Lord. And that's right. the goal that we want for each person. Right. Because that's what God wants. Right. We talk a lot on this show. We've talked a lot in all the different shows we've done is how important having purpose is. Mm -hmm. And I, and living without purpose just makes you feel like you're wandering. You don't even know what, what you're doing. Kind of feels like you're missing something. And the reason why is because we're created for purpose. And mm -hmm. God has given us gifts and talents and, and identities and all of those things that are going to help in that purpose. And so he wants us to live it. He wants us to pursue it and know what it is because it's made to help the whole body of Christ. Thank you, Angie, so mm -hmm. much. This is such an important show, folks. Understanding these six principles will take us to number seven, where we can do the things that the Lord wants us to do. If we're not willing to do these things, and sometimes they're difficult things to do, if we're not willing to do those things, it's going to be very difficult to get where you want to be and certainly where God wants you to be to serve him in truth and spirit and make a real difference. Go to our, our webpage at hopeforme.live. You can get more information about the ministry. There is a number that you can call if you need a counselor. We are standing by. There's never money exchanged for any of the counseling that we offer. It is always Bible-based and full of great wisdom because... Angie likes to answer the phone a lot. <laughs> I do. All right. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.